what I chose to talk about tonight, and once again, anytime someone wants to have a particular issue being discussed, uh, you know, this is an open forum. I'd like to hear what people want to talk about. Uh, otherwise, you're left with what I wanted to talk about. And actually, uh, initially, I was going to give everyone like three options of what I wanted to talk about and let people choose, but I see it doesn't even work, right? Uh, democracy doesn't really work. Okay, okay, controversy. Okay. Um, so what I chose, and I put in the, in the title, is why Judaism is important. So we're all, we're all Jewish here, and therefore, and we're all passionate about their Judaism, so therefore you can say, hey, Rabbi Wolpe, we all believe that our Judaism is important. And I, I believe, I think everyone around the, around the room here believes that their Judaism is important. So why is it, why is it important to discuss uh, this particular topic? So I saw in the uh, famous book of Jewish ethics called the Mesilat Sharim, in English known as the Path, Path of the Just, and he writes in the introduction, famous introduction, he writes, nothing I tell you in this book, you do not know already. Everything you know already. But specifically the things that you know, the, 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 you know, the best, the, you, that you, you, the things that, that, that you absolutely don't doubt, those are the things that people lose sight of. So I was thinking that even though what we're talking about today is probably something that most of us will agree with, most, most, of, us, most of us would passionately defend, still I think it's important to like, reinforce the importance of of these three ideas that I hopefully we're going to talk about tonight, um, you know, as to why uh, why Judaism is important or should be important. And additionally, you know, I think I'm speaking really speaking for myself as well. Um, you know, if we are to impress upon ourselves how um, our Judaism is important, um, and you know, we, we we can find ways to. Uh, you know, spend more time on on these ideas and and implement the lessons into our life. Uh, you know, to give more time, energy, focus, to strive to achieve more. If it's really that important, okay. So what we're going to try to see is why is that important, and even if we know why it's important, we're, we're going to reinforce that, and hopefully this will compel us to you know to take it more seriously and to put more effort uh, in the pursuit of our Judaism. Okay, so what? Um, when I'm talking about Judaism, I'm talking about the ideas of Judaism. Primarily the idea of God, which is the Jewish idea, uh, the idea of Torah, the idea of, of mitzvot, of, of the Torah. The Torah gives us the instructions of the Torah. And lastly, uh, the idea of the Jewish society, Jewish culture, which I would argue is actually an outgrowth of the, of the previous ideas, that our Jewish society uh, you know, over the millennia was formed out of you know living as a community with a certain uh, you know a certain lifestyle and you know, you know certain characteristics that were governed by the Torah, though that brought about the idea of Jewish culture and the idea of Jewish society. So, um, so we're going to talk about why these things are important. Why is that? Why is the idea of God important? Why is the idea of Torah, mitzvos, Jewish society, and Jewish culture important? How's everyone doing? Doing good. Okay, so I, what I, I came up with was, was three, three, three reasons, and uh, there may be more, and, and, and these reasons really could each be their own discussion or their own series, and, but I, you know, I just think it's, it's always good to, you know, to get a snapshot of ideas. So idea number one, why is Judaism important, or why should it be important to me? Why should I put effort into it? Why should I invest time in it? Why should I make it a big primary aspect of my life? Why is it important? The reason why is because Judaism affords us the ability to maximize life. To maximize. It's good for me. I want to have pleasure in life. I want to accomplish life. I want to have meaning in life. These are things that we need. And Judaism is is, is good for us. 
So why is it important? Because it's something which could bring me all the good things that I want in life. Now, I have to, that's a pretty bold claim. It's a pretty bold claim. Why is it a bold claim? Because I, 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 I know for sure that there are people who believe that, especially if you look at the Torah and the mitzvot, their their restrictions, their obligations, their requirements. Do, they, they, it, it does not look like a pleasure manual when you read the Torah. You read the mitzvot, the mitzvot. It doesn't look like a pleasure manual. And I'm arguing here today that that uh, that Judaism is, or and the the the, the mitzvot, the Torah, are ways to maximize life, and maximize pleasure. So this is why I, I put this one number one because I think it's it's something which you know it may be hard to hard to accept um, or hard to understand. So I, um, in my opinion, and I'm trying to outline this quickly. I know I don't want to go over time. In my opinion, um, and I've spoken about this once before, that we're here in life for one purpose. This is something that no one really disagrees with. No one, and I say no one, even from the secular world. And even from the religious, from the Jewish world. It, it, it sounds strange. You can read Freud, and you can read Frankel, and you can read all the philosophers, and they'll tell you that man is here to have pleasure in life. And then you read the Jewish books, and it says, hey, man is here to have pleasure in life. No one's really disagreeing that this basic point. And if you take all religions, and all doctrines, and all... All out, all you know, philosophical codes. They will all pretty much agree that we're here to have pleasure. And and it, and it's 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 shocking to say that. I, I I think that it's shocking to say that from a religious perspective. I think maybe if you talk to the Christians or the Muslims, they're they're not selling pleasure necessarily over here. They're saying pleasure. You know, after you die, you know, you won't you won't go to hell. Or after you die, you'll get the, the virgins or whatever they try to sell. Um, and I don't think that I, I think that Judaism we're talking well, we do believe in that as well. But we're also talking about pleasure, maximizing life that we're here right now on Earth as humans, as bodies and souls to maximize pleasure. And this is a pretty bold claim, but I, I uh, when I researched the idea, it turns out that it's actually not very far from the truth. In fact, I think it is true. And, and I'll give an example. Um, there's, a, there's lots of very simple, basic pleasures in life. Like you have uh, good food or you know, simple pleasure. Uh, you have it and, it's, you know, and you enjoy it, then you move on. In my opinion, when we make a bracha on foods, there's six different categories of blessings that we make on, on foods, what we're doing is trying to take that experience, that pleasurable experience, and make it a more brand experience. When we take a food and we say, oh gosh, this apple or this hot dog was uh, afforded to me to be able to enjoy by the Almighty God, and I want to thank Him for that. Right? What you're doing is you're taking a mundane exercise and making it into an experience. And everything, every pleasure of the Talmud says, you cannot have any pleasure in life without making a blessing. It's forbidden. So we can look at that as a, as a restriction, but also, uh, you know, in a deeper sense, all it is is saying, you're here to maximize pleasure. You're able to sense pleasures because you're supposed to enjoy them. But don't, but, but try to maximize that. And the Torah is a book of manuals and instructions on how to maximize pleasure. So it may look like a restriction, a requirement, an obligation when it says make a blessing on food, but in reality, in the deeper sense, it's telling you maximize pleasure. And in all areas of pleasure, that, that's a very simple one. But, uh, you know, it's more intuitive when you think about meaning. Meaning is already a very sophisticated pleasure. 
the pleasure of meaning, to live life for a purpose, you know, to try to, you know, to, to be someone who affects his community and affects society at large and tries to live a la- leave a lasting legacy, um, you know, uh, that, that, you know, that points to what a person accomplishes in life. It's living for a higher purpose. Well, that's already a sophisticated pleasure. And, and we talk about kindness and charity and, and, and being able to overcome your own personal uh, shortcomings and all, all those things which seems like it's lots of work, right? Don't be lazy, right? Wake up with the morning and accomplish, right? Uh, you know, don't be greedy. Try to spread the wealth. Focus on, not spread the wealth, that's a bad, bad term, but, but you know, be charitable, be, you know, hospitality. These are all things which could be viewed in a very, in a very, you know, in the light of or the mention of, you know, restriction. We, we have in the Torah. The Torah tells us we have to give ten uh, percent of our of our money to charity. Look at that ten percent. Ten percent is it's a lot of money. But what it's really telling you is you have to be a person that lives for other people as well. You have to expand your view on what's important to you in life, right? And if you're living for a community, that's a much higher level of learning. It's a very Deep, sophisticated pleasure is a difficult yes, but that's the goal of the mitzvah. The goal of the mitzvah is to change your your, your outlook on 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 you know on life. What am I living? Am I living for myself? I'm living for for the community. I have a purpose. I'm living for a cause. That's already a great pleasure. And and what I'm trying to say is that the the requirements in the Torah manual for pleasure. What you got, Jason? Uh, I'm wondering whether. The setup is for the individual pleasure, or to maximize the pleasure of the or the, the success of the community itself. Because I mean, you can have a gross amount of haves and have-nots, and a, and a great difference. And and you have an issue with if following the, the Torah. We should have pretty much a minimal amount of problems going on there. It, most things should be hopefully reason, should be reasonably taken care of. I'm wondering. It's that's it's so much. It's you know, is it for my personal individual pleasure, my higher pleasure, or on average, you know, when the community to have the most amount of people so enjoying I, the best life? Possible? So two things. Thing number one is that I think when we do things, we're supposed, we're do it for we do it for ourselves. It means even when we do something for someone else, we do it for ourselves. Which means, and and ultimately, we we are self self centered because to me, for me to be to care about someone else, well, I gain from that as well. And what's compelling us to, you know, to do good ourselves, and the fact that we want, you know, the, the focus of, of living a more fulfilling life, a, a more spiritual life, a more meaningful life, that propels us to care about others. But you have a story in the Talmud with Rabbi Kiva. One of the uh, the Romans said, "Oh, really? So you're so you know those the, the, the Talmud reports uh, tens of uh, anecdotes." Where the, where the primarily the Romans would have these debates with uh, the Jewish rabbis, the Jewish scholars. So Rabbi Akiva, famous Rabbi Akiva, uh, he met the um, he met one of the uh, the Romans. He says, "Okay, oh, your God is uh, you said that your God is uh, is merciful, He's merciful, really. It's how come they're poor people?" So Rabbi Akiva said to him, "The reason why there's poor people in order to afford everyone else the ability to do tzedakah to do." To, 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 match, to live a greater life, to live a life of caring for others, a life of compassion, a life of, you know, of hospitality, a life of extending your focus in life from being just about you 
being, you know, being selfish to being, you know, to, to living for a cause, and a cause to be an idea as well. Uh, you know, in, in you know, in, in Judaism, we, we're selling a lot of ideas to greater society. You know, um, we'll talk about this a little, a little bit later. But, you know, the idea of 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 the idea of, of the value of human life. Uh, you know, it's a Jewish idea that we try to sell. Why? Because it's fulfilling. It's a very fulfilling. It's living for a cause when you're trying to bring other people to good places. When you're trying to um, uh, liberate other people from oppression. You know, Jews. Uh, you know, Jews intuitively are driven to you know to do good because Jews intuitively are driven to, to you know to have a meaningful life. And when I see when I see a requirement to the Torah, what I see is directives towards more, towards towards more fulfillment in life. And when I when I ask myself why is Judaism important? Cuz cuz uh, uh, Judaism enables me to have a better life, to have a more meaningful life, to have a more fulfilling life. That's I think reason number 1. Questions, comments? Jared, what you got? Good. Okay, so that's so that's reason number one. Uh, reason number two, I think it's good for the world. I think uh, I remember this is all what I just came up with. Other people can have different uh, perspectives. I think that there's a lot of universal lessons that we have in our religion in Judaism in the Torah in the Torah that if that if people would adopt if people would adopt these ideas, we live in, we live in you know you closely get to utopian society. I mean, we we have a very complicated world with lots of you know multifaceted complex problems, and that's something that's undeniable. You know, and, and you know in various in various areas of society, there's many many uh, complex problems. And I don't want to get too political here, um, but and I'm not trying to be political, but uh, but um, I think if we were to examine the the, the morals. And the lessons contained in the Torah, and if we found a way to broadcast those ideas to the rest of the world, many, many, if not most, of the world's problems could be fixed. And you know, if you were to try to think of a way, if we together would collectively try to think of a way to make the perfect society, um, in all likelihood, we'd think of certain areas where we could fix, you know, societal problems. Correct. Correct. Um, and I have a list here of six six areas of focus in, that, in all likelihood, would, would be included in any comprehensive list of the world's problems that were to be uh, that if they were to be corrected, then um, then we'd live in a much better world than we live today. The world isn't that bad overall. It's not that bad, right? Uh, it's pretty good. It's, it's, it's largely improved uh, than it was in historic time. You know, you know, prehistoric historic times. It's not bad. There's still room for growth, and I think that if we if we really looked to the Torah as a source book, uh, you, you know, even to the Ten Commandments, right? There are universal lessons that can be applied across the board. And if, if if every society just adopted just these ten principles, how much of a radically different world would we have? Um. And the reason why we look at the, at the Ten Commandments with such reverence is because they're demonstrative of the general feeling with all the... They're like a microcosm of all the Torah. 
The reason why, that, you know, at the revelation at Sinai, we had, uh, we had these Ten Commandments is because these Ten Commandments are, are like a mini Torah. Right? And, and then it, the, the Torah is like more specifics in these ten, the, these ten categories. But I have six categories here that I think that um, what, the Ju- what Judaism said is about these six themes, if, you know, these hold the key, these hold the key to, you know, to, to, uh, to fishing society's problems. So, area number one, education. Now, Judaism and, 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 Jew, and education has been synonymous for a long, long time. You know, historically, Jews always, you know, it's funny. The Talmud says that if you have a city that doesn't have a school, so for us, it's really, I mean, every city has a school. Uh, but, you know, you know, rewind 150 years, no one, you know, you know, 200 years, 300 years ago, everyone was illiterate. Everyone, 98% of people were illiterate. They didn't read and write. And, and the Talmud was written 1,500 years ago. The Talmud says if you have a city in the school, you have to burn down the whole city. Just think about what kind of premium we placed in education thousands of years ago. And uh, thankfully, uh, you know, there's been a tremendous push, a global push towards, you know, making education, you know, available to every, to every person. But, you know, we were there thousands of years ago. Thousands of years ago, we really said, pointed with a finger at education and said, education is imperative for everyone. That's the issue number one. Justice and equality. The idea of law, well, the idea of law is already 2,000 years old, even in secular societies. The idea of organizing, codifying law, you know, you know in, in secular um you know, in secular governments, you know, the Romans, highly, highly sophisticated, organized system of law. But the idea of equality, justice and equality, justice and equality for all. We all, we've all heard that. That all rings a bell in our, where is that from? Where is this idea? Where is this idea that men, all men are created equal? Where is it from? What's the origin, right? It's, it's from the Torah. Man is created the image of God. Every man has value. Every person has value, regardless of social standing, regardless of uh, you know uh, sex, creed, gender. Oh, I guess that means sex and gender is the same thing. Uh, uh, but all you know, the basic value of, of you know of, of well, of human life. We get that. We will get to that also. But basic value that humans are equal. That's an idea we take for granted. Where does that come from? It comes from the Torah. And now there are places that you know don't have that. And that, you know, if in a perfect society, there will be justice and equality for all. We could use the Torah as a starting point for, you know, for, for, you know, for that movement of, uh, you know, fixing the world. It's used to justify gender discrimination and to justify discrimination on sexual orientation and all sorts of other things. Oh, wait. No, so you said two things here. I, 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 I like the challenge. Okay. Uh, very good. So, um, uh, gender discrimination. So, you have to source that one. Gender discrimination. To treat, to treat, well, men and women being treated treated differently. That, that that doesn't mean that there's no equality, because I, I think from we could argue from a Torah perspective, men and women um, are, are they equal of the same thing? No, they're different, right? Uh, but, uh, do you value more than men more than women from the Torah? I wouldn't argue that. Following the Torah most literally, don't allow women to be rabbis. Don't allow women to be okay. Well, that's that's and that's. Use things Okay, 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 but um, different, different. Now, sexualization is the second question. We'll get to that. That, that, I think that there, there's, there's, there's room for that. That's a good question. But I think with regards to uh, gender discrimination, I, I don't feel like that's not discrimination to say that men and women have different roles in, you know, in the family or in the community. Why is that discrimination? Is that discrimination? Some roles that people who follow the foreigners literally don't allow them. So with regards to women rabbis, this was off, off the cuff here. So 
from a Torah perspective, from a halakha perspective, there's nothing wrong with women being a rabbi. Absolutely not. We even have Devorah. Devorah, 2,700 years ago, was the leader of the Jewish people, and she, she was a female. Um, as to why uh, some groups in Judaism uh, have only recently made women rabbis, and some, some um, have not, is I specifically because we don't have any gender discrimination. And, and that is specifically because we don't feel like, like we have had you know, years and years of mistreating women. Right? If you were to read how, what the Torah says about how, how do you have to treat women, you would never, you would never come up, you never think of the idea of gender discrimination. We have never mistreated our women. You know, the, 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 remember the, the, the Talmud says you have to respect women. You can't, you, you, to us it sounds silly, respect women, of course, but, but think about it. Two, two, 2,000 years ago it says you can't mistreat a woman. If you make a woman cry, like you're done. You're done from a Torah perspective. We never mistreated our women. What, tell, give me one area that, 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 you know, that, that Jewish people have mistreated their women. Never. So a woman can't be a rabbi, okay? So a woman, a, so they have different roles. There's, there's mitzvahs that men can't do. Well, that doesn't mean that we, that we discriminate against them. So it's not discrimination. If there's, if, there's job, if, there's, if there's jobs for men, there's jobs for women, there's mitzvahs for men, there's mitzvahs for women, they're, they're not equal? I would, argue, I would argue on the contrary. The Torah speaks way better about women than it do about men. And the Torah says is that the, the woman didn't sin with the golden calf, they didn't sin with this, right? They didn't sin with that, and you know they, they have uh, tremendous intelligence in areas that men don't have, and they accomplish. They're closer to the Almighty. How could you say that, that we that, that, that Judaism would ever mistreated women or viewed them uh, as a, as a lower class? I, I don't think that there's a validity. I mean, different, yes. Different roles, yes. Different different responsibilities, yes. Different mitzvahs. Uh, but to treat them at less than uh, less than I, I, don't, I don't I don't see the uh, justification for that argument. If, if I'm not saying in court, if there's court cases, I think even don't, even though everyone's supposed to get you know a fair have to get a fair trial in court, don't women uh, get their hearing before, before the men do? If I'm not mistaken, in Jewish court, I think it's orphans go first, get get orphans priority, get priority, priority, get priority to have their cases heard. I think women get priority over men to get their cases heard. Um, I'm, uh, I'm not familiar with that, but that's that. I was listening to it. It, it might be true. Uh, it might be true, but uh, but 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 the fact, it, it, like I said, there's nothing wrong with women being rabbi. Why they don't do it? I think it's because they like to stand with tradition. But uh, even if it were to say that women can't be rabbis, it says it's plenty that men can't do either. I don't think that's 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 uh, that's mistreatment of uh, of women. Mistreatment. I'm saying that I don't see equality as being no. I, the way I view equality is 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 is, 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 is well. Equality does equality mean that that that, uh, that it, you know if you can't play in the WNBA, oh, oh right? There Why? Is, in the Torah. Huh? There are slaves in the Torah. Well, well. Okay, but yeah, first of all, right, 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 right. Right. the Torah doesn't like, cry out equality to me. It's oh, like okay. Uh, let's talk about, about, about slaves for a second. Let's talk about slaves for a second. So how much do you know about the laws regarding slaves? No, I'm not. Yeah, I'll tell you a little bit more. I've probably had laws that for a certain number of years. And yeah, so, so first of all, um, the, um, the, Torah, the Torah does, um, you know, the, does talk about slaves. You could have a slave, a Jewish slave, a non-Jewish slave. But even a non-Jewish slave, so if a non-Jewish slave, you can find mistreat them. Uh, absolutely not. In fact, uh, it, you know, if you were to, 
it God forbid kill your uh, you know because you got upset and you whipped it, you are liable to be killed in a Jewish court of law. Right? A slave, a Gentile slave, right? How is that for equality? Which other society that had slaves uh, would have that? Someone and another. Let's, let's say you have a slave and you have one pillow. You have to by Torah law, you have to give your pillow to your slave. So much of the Talmud remarks that when someone acquires a slave, they acquire a master. We have even even slaves. The, the, the laws about how you have to feed them and you have to take care to take care of their families. You have a slave because a slave stole from you, right? Or you know, one of the cases you have. Main treatment and there's things making it not be as bad as it That doesn't cry out equality. Okay, so you want to say that the whole idea of slaves is 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 not uh, okay? Uh, well. Uh, you know, for uh, I can hear that argument. Okay, okay, but there's a lot more equality than any other. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess the question that, like, if you if the argument is that inherently there's different roles, and you know, a slave, according to the Torah, serves a specific role. Uh, and a woman serves a specific role or has these No, no. If, if you are to say that the idea of a slave, the idea of a slave, also have to view slaves differently. Slave doesn't mean you own them forever. Slave means if you stole from me, or if someone stole from me, and they have no money to pay for me, they have to work for me. I think that's... Certain that, amounts you know, of years. And their slave, we think of slaves as, you know, as, as, as being whipped and being mistreated. Um, I, I think that the Torah slave. So you say the word slave doesn't sound that, uh, you know, that that fair or whatever. But it's not. It's not. It's not. Uh, it's not. It's not quite like the you know the idea of slavery the way we we perceive it. Um, you know, so if someone steals, someone steals, they have to pay. That's that's the law. If they have no money to pay, then they then they get sold. That's what, you, know, you don't believe in. You know, I, I would argue today. Uh, the idea of putting someone in, in you know, incarceration, that's way worse than slavery, I would argue. Um, the, 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 you know, the idea of, of, of taking someone, there's two, what, two and a half, just today was in the news, there's, there's two and a half million uh, Americans in, in prison doing nothing. That's, that's, that's no worse than slavery? I don't know. I don't know that's, it's also terrible. You keep these people in, these, in a box and you just, um, you know, uh, breathe further uh, you know, criminal activity. I don't think the problems with your superlatives. Huh? I don't think the problems with the superlatives better than the worst right, 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 right. So the system, the system is not perfect. They, our system is not perfect either. Even though we live in a very progressive time, right? It's not a perfect system. So yes, we the Torah does sanction slaves. Um, you know, and the Torah. Remember, this is from a time where slaves were everywhere. But even in idea in idea of slavery, we could point to how. To how well you have to treat your slave, as as an, you know, as Torah being way ahead of its time, um, you know, in, in the idea of, of, of treating people uh, fairly. Yeah. And with regards to uh, um, uh, what do you say, homosexuals. Uh, homosexuals? We'll talk about that. Okay. Okay. Let's do. I don't want to go over time. Oh, not over time yet. Okay. Uh, peace and harmony. Um, how, how? What kind of uh, premium the Torah places on on, on, on on peace? And you know, shalom is the, the grandest ideal. You know, in, 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 you know, there's only a few things you're allowed, you're allowed to lie. The process, you're allowed to lie in order to preserve shalom. The idea of shalom is so important, and you know, the idea of um, family is the next one. The, the, the premium that we place on, on, on family. I, I, this may be again controversial, but I heard this is a startling statistic. Um, 
and, I, and I'm not trying to say it with any political motivation. So just take this to sit what it is and don't be upset at me. Uh, 72% of children born in the African-American community are born out of wedlock. 72%. Now, uh, just that, that just is, I think it's, and it's not so much better in the, you know, in, in the other communities. It's just, it's the worst in that community. But think about that. What's happening to, uh, you know, to the idea of the family unit in America? What's happening? It's crazy. And what happens to those kids who grew up without, you know, without the, the, a child who grows up without like a, like a, like a, you know, a, a, a father figure? That's just making the assumption that children born in a wedlock are born under those circumstances. What? What are those circumstances? What do you mean under those, under what circumstances? Part of the time it is, but that's... Under which circumstances? No, what do you mean under what circumstances? Under the circumstances that they're not going to have a father to raise them. Oh, so yeah, so for sure, I agree to that point. For sure, that that that, that some that some of those children born out of wedlock uh, will have will have a father. For sure, for sure, the number is less, but it's still startling. It's still a startling number. And you know, like I said, don't be upset at me. I'm just I'm just I'm just saying what the facts are. And and you know, and I'm saying it's it's the mantra of a, of a greater uh, you know um, uh, trend that. Um, you know, the idea of the of the family the way it was, and um, you know, it's, it's very healthy for a child to grow up in a healthy, normal family. And um, Judaism places a tremendous stress on the idea of family. And uh, you know, I think that this is something that we could that we could sell that we could sell to society to try to make it a better place. Is that it's very important to have a family. It's very important. You know, to that for children to grow up, in, you know, in healthy, normal families, to you know, to have better, more productive lives. I think you know, I'm, I'm not trying to take a political stand. I'm just trying to say is that an ideal in Judaism uh, uh, could be very, very beneficial for making a better society. Everyone agrees with that point? Okay. Uh, social responsibility. This is big. We all, we all, we all know this too. We all know, that, you know. The, the stress that we put on social responsibility, the idea of chesed, the idea of, of and, and, you know, just being, even to greater, even to greater society, you know, that the, the, the Torah said this is crazy. The idea of animal rights. The idea of animal rights. 2,000 years ago? 3,000 years ago? The idea of environmental, I'm not trying to take up political stances on any issue here, but the Torah says you're not allowed to cut down certain trees. Just the idea of, of, of the social responsibility with regards to the environment, right? You can't cut down trees, it's forbidden. Uh, you, you know, the, the res- animal rights, you cannot uh, cause pain to, to animals, you can't kill animals for no reason. Um, but also, for, for, you know, to, to, to build our community, uh, you know, to, 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 you know, to, to promote uh, the general welfare and the responsibility of not having poor people and, you know, helping. That's an ideal of the Torah in a book written thousands of years ago. It talks about that. It's, it's, it's unimaginable to think about this today. These are all new ideas society is coming around to now. And thousands of years ago, we have, we have, we have these instructions in the Torah. And lastly, I think, is, is also something which uh, uh, is really important, but thankfully not so pertinent. Uh, that's the idea of respect for human life. And uh, I think this is more impactful when you think about it from a historical, historical perspective. How many societies... You know, conducted a wholesale slaughter in from you know from the from the Greeks to the, to, to the Far East. Obviously, the Romans the Romans perfected this. 
but these, you know, Aristotle, he talks about, you know, sex selection and, uh, and child and overpopulation, these things which uh, the people of tremendous intellect, but the little, you know, the little respect that they had for, for human life, it's, it, it's startling. And uh, that's from a more of a historical, uh, but historically, you know, the, our religion has always given tremendous value to, you know, even a single, a single, you save a life, right? So as if you uphold the whole world, right? That's the Mishnah. Mishnah is you save one life, save even one life, as if you upheld, you save the entire world. So I think that our, our Judaism should be important because if we want to help the world, like Daidev Tikkun Olam, what's the word of Daidev Tikkun Olam? To perfect the world. If we impart the world, a good place to look for is the Torah. That's why I think the Torah is important. Lastly, is um, lastly, I think the reason why the Torah should be important is because the Torah is true. And we talk about the idea of God. We talk about the idea of the Torah. We really believe it. We really believe that there was this tremendous experience at Sinai 3,300 years ago. And, and the, the existence of God and the existence or and the reality of the Torah, these two facts are the most important fact. If they're true, they're the most important facts, you know, most important pieces of information in the entire world. Because the ramifications of this idea, the second you take um, the Torah and you turn it from a book into a, uh, a book given by God himself, what you're doing is you're, you're, you're making it so much more valuable, so much more important. If it's just a very nice book with nice ideals and laws and you know and just a nice way of living, well then you could take it or leave it. But if it's if it's if it's true, right, and if God does exist and if the Torah is true, think about those ramifications. It's and that's why I, I you know I, I say we, even in, in Judaism we, we we don't believe in blind faith. So even to believe in God to say you believe in God, it's not good enough. You ha- you have to really delve into the to the subject. And, uh, you know, the Torah, how do we know the Torah is true? And how can we prove it? What kind of evidence do we have? Uh, but these two pieces of information are the most important pieces of information that you could possibly, you know, in the entire world. Number one, the existence of God. And number two, the fact that the Torah is God-given. Because why is it so important? Because once you have that, those two things in place, the ramifications are enormous for us, for us as individuals and as commun- you know members of the community. Because the second you turn that switch on and you say, "Okay, God does exist for sure," and the Torah is His you know book of instructions you know to us, to the Jewish people, you know, and, and and our and our destiny to share with the world. What you did is you turned the Torah and you made it from a very nice book of instructions of history of narrative, and you made it you made it binding. You made it real, and you made it pertinent for us today. And that's why, and, and think about it, if it's true, how important is it? Is it? If it's true, it means it's, it's, it's of tremendous importance uh, to us as individuals and as members of the community. So that's what I have. Uh, the three, this, is, uh, this is my list. I think everyone come up with their own list. But um, I think it's, it's something that's worth uh, thinking about, talking about, discussing. Um, it's a little weighty, I know. Uh, but, uh, you know, why is our Judaism important? Number one, it's we could help us maximize our life and become, have more pleasure in life, more meaning to life, uh, to li- really live life to its fullest, which is something we all want, we need, and we're programmed to desire. 
it's it's the, it does contain the keys to make the society at large a you know just a better place. You know, if you want to perfect society, and uh, uh, overwhelmingly Jews are driven to do that. You know, Elon Musk, right? He's Jewish, yeah, yeah, baby, one of us. <laughs> make the world a better place. But also, lastly, it's because it's true. And if it's true, how important is it? It's you know it's very very important. And uh, that's it. If anyone has any questions, any further comments, I uh, welcome and crave them. What does I want to say about this table? I think it's a little too wide. No? It's perfect. It's perfect. But I feel like, I feel like it, it, um, it stunts uh, like interaction amongst... It's like, no? Apparently we're just not talking enough. That's my saying. Okay, so uh, is anyone interested in, in looking at one of these? Should I pass this around? This is the last time I'm trying to upsell you guys in this. I don't think I paid any money for it. <laughs>